The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. See, this difference between Black Star Network and Black-owned media and something like CNN. You can't be Black-owned media and be scared. It's time to be smart. Bring your eyeballs home. You dig?
Thursday, September 8, 2022. Coming up on Roland Martin on Filters, live on the Black Star Network. Another black man in Columbus, Ohio, is killed by police. What is going on in that particular city? We'll talk about that. Today, folks, uh, we lost uh, three individuals. Elizabeth died. Why are people afraid to talk about colonialism, even with her passing? Low time skinning actor Bernard Shaw passed away. Also, comedian David Arnold died yesterday, the age of 54. We'll discuss uh, all three uh, on uh, today's show. Hundreds of law enforcement officers and military members uh, are members of the Oath Keepers. Uh, folks, uh, we'll look at uh, who some of these people are and break down what the ADL uncovered about uh, these uh, law enforcement folks in the Oath Keepers. Also, a Maryland woman whose child was handcuffed, a five-year-old child was handcuffed, she's going to get $300,000. Also, on today's show, a New York district attorney wants to throw out 400 cases that were handled by a corrupt cop. Also, a South Carolina State representative has some harsh words for her colleagues uh, in that state. We'll show you what she had to say. Uh, and uh, folks, again, we'll also again uh, cover news of the day, give updates on what's happening uh, in Jackson, Baltimore with their water issue. It is time to bring the funk. I'm Roland Martin on Filter of the Black Star Network. Let's go. Whatever it is, he's got the scoop, the fact, the fine. And when it breaks, he's right on time. And it's rolling. Best believe he's knowing. Putting it down from sports to news to politics. With entertainment just for kicks, he's rolling. Yeah, it's on go, go, roll, y'all. Yeah, it's rolling, Martin. Folks, uh, I'm in the nation's capital. Yes, I'm not in the office yet because I'm stuck behind. Looks like uh, President Biden or Vice President Kamala Harris's motorcade. I think is the president's motorcade. Uh, so they've got so I'm waiting for the president's motorcade. So that's uh, why I am coming live from the car. Uh, hey. Yeah. All right, folks. Uh, let's talk about Columbus, Ohio, where black men. Killed uh, by a police, unarmed 20 year old black man, uh, shot and killed by cops on August 30th. Officer Fred Donovan looked home around 2 in the morning to arrest him on three separate charges domestic violence, assault, and improper handling of a firearm. Now, folks, uh, I want to warn you about this body cam video I'm about to show you because it is disturbing and can be triggering. Uh, and so, what happened was uh, Officer Ricky Anderson fired the fatal shot um, at him. Now, we couldn't find a picture of Anderson who's been on administrative leave. Uh, but uh, this is the body cam footage of the cops were entering uh, the, uh, the home. And well, this is what happened. Yeah, there's somebody back there. That dog's going to bite you if you don't come out. Move up. Okay, I'm with you. I'm with you. Somebody got to take it. Uh, he's got gun. Door shot. Door shot. 
Sure he's good. heart um, you'll hear that over and over again from many different people who touched him in his life in different places and in different ways whether it's a teacher or a coach one of his best friends um, he cared about others he was active in um, in the community both volunteering alongside the rest of us and he also he, he wanted other people to be well. Whether he didn't have anything himself, he would share the, the last of whether it would be food, money, whatever he had to make sure that others were safe and, and protected to the best of his ability. 
Uh, the last week has been very tough. There's like there's a plethora of like emotions, like from being sad to angry to fear, like the fear that it can happen to you as well. Like it's 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 not okay. And over the time, I've been able to grieve and reflect, and I've been looking at pictures of Donovan and I, and there's one picture that stands out, like, and it's uh, it's Donovan in I think like 2015, and he's at uh, he's at a protest, and right here. it's yeah right here, and it's it's crazy to see that someone who's passionate and adamant about those type of things, like, that can happen to them as well, like. He knew, like, this is not something, like, this is not something that he was oblivious to. We, we know these things happen, but we're still here asking the same questions. Why? Like, we put in money, we put in manpower, like, and nothing changes ever. It's the same thing. Like, as people said last week, last week was the third police shooting in 10 days. Like, it's not okay. Like, things do need to change, and I, like, you know, we all know it. is the Lewis family attorney. He joins us right now from Columbus, Ohio. Uh, Rex, glad to have you on the show. This is, what, uh, this is what I always go back to. That is, how can police apprehend someone without having to shoot and kill them? Yeah, you break it out a little bit, but, um, you know, the reality is in this situation, there were so many things wrong Roland, that, that had to happen for this 20-year-old kid to be shot and killed, unarmed kid to be shot and killed, uh, serving warrants in the middle of the night on a misdemeanor charge. Even the, the, the alleged felony charge was a year old. There was no emergency for this in the middle of the night. They created a chaotic situation uh, that deteriorated really quickly. And then at the end of the day, Roland, the, the reality is that police officer opened that door and, and Donovan was trying to get out of bed in response to police commands. They were telling him to come out. He was getting out of bed and he shot and killed him. And there's just no call for it whatsoever. And then after he was shot and killed, the manner in which they treated this kid, they treated him like a piece of meat. He, he should have been rendered aid immediately. They should have had EMT. They had a fire station right across the street. They could have had first responders there right away. Instead, they messed around. They accused him of a resisting arrest when we, he couldn't even move, and they dragged him out of the house. It's just absolutely despicable what happened here. So, I, 2 o'clock in the morning, I, I, I don't understand that. I, you can't do that at four o'clock in the afternoon or six p.m. I, I I don't get that. I don't get it either, and it's got to stop. The, the The chief police here in Columbus, Ohio, Elaine Bryant, immediately after this, said that it's important to serve these in the middle of the night to ensure that uh, the people that they are seeking are at home. Um, reality is that's nonsense. Arrest warrants are served in daylight hours all the time. Heck, there are judges and magistrates that refuse to sign a warrant unless it's being executed during the daylight hours. There was no reason for this to happen in the middle of the night other than the fact that they knew that they were going into an underserved minority community. And, it, and it's my theory that their hope was that they'd find additional illegal activity there. 
There was no reason for it. Had this happened at 10 o'clock in the morning in the broad daylight, none of this would have happened. Or, or even do it at 9 p.m. I mean, if you're saying this is sure someone's home, but the idea, 2 a.m., we could talk about the cases out of Minneapolis. We could talk about cases all over the place. Individuals are sleeping, and they pull the covers up. Cops say, oh, we saw a flash. It ended up being a cell phone. If you wake somebody up, the natural instinct, if, if somebody busts in and I'm dead asleep, I got two cell phones right next to my bed. My phone stay right next to me. If, if cats bust in, my natural inclination is to grab my phone and call the cops. 100%. And think about this 20-year-old kid, too, who, by the way, was a social activist here in Columbus. He was protesting a police shooting in 2015. He, he was passionate about these types of issues. And here you have a 20-year-old black kid in an underserved uh, community who is woken up in the middle of the night, 2.30 in the morning, with dogs bearing down on his room, multiple police officers with weapons. He's behind that door. He's sound asleep. He wakes up at some point. It's one of two things. He, they either rouse him out of his sleep, you know, he looks confused in the video, or they get him up a little earlier because he hears the dog barking and the kid's terrified behind that door because the kid knows what happens to black kids in America these days. He's heard the stories. He's seen the stories. I think you're 100% right. Even at 9 p.m., something like this doesn't happen. So what, what were they for? Yeah, I, again, you're breaking out a little bit. Uh, but, you know... The, uh, the, charge, the charge is here. What were they for? I'm sorry, you broke out. Uh, the charges. Yes, the charges that they were there for, allegedly, we know of, was a uh, misdemeanor domestic violence, which was which was misdemeanor. It was not a serious charge at all, and it was disputed. The other was a uh, allegedly a gun charge um, from a year earlier where Donovan was in the car with some other passengers. Police pulled the car over. Everybody else in the car took off, and Donovan, Donovan stayed at the scene like he was taught to do. A gun was found in the car, and he was charged with uh, possession of a firearm. It wasn't even his. None of these allegations obviously have been proven. That allegation, even the gun charge, was a year old. There, there was no danger whatsoever, no reason, no exigent circumstance, no emergency to serve this warrant at 2.30 in the morning and literally create the chaotic situation that occurred inside that apartment. That is absolutely uh, unbelievable. Uh, Rex Elliott, um, we appreciate you. Thank you very much for, for your time, Roland. You're doing great work. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Uh, folks, I'm going to bring my panel, Erica Savage with the Refrain Grant, October Black, uh, Dr. Greg Carr, uh, Department of African American Studies. Now, Erica, we go through this over and over and over again. We had the mayor of Columbus on so we had Columbus had Columbus had a problem with police and they it just continued. It continued over and over and over again.
Erica, you got me? It was breaking up a little bit, but I did uh, hear uh, what yeah, you said. Columbus. Erica, well, Columbus has a problem with these shootings. Like, repeat it. Put the mayor on. It's like, how does this department black men? Yeah, Columbus does have a problem, and America really has a problem. This is something that we're seeing in communities all over these United States. And, you know, to continually hear uh, that pro that um, person that's described is always someone who is Black, is always someone who um, is, quote, unquote, in an underserved community. Um, those are real telltale signs of who the police believe that they can menace and get away um, with it from. You know, we just saw video footage here last week where we saw the police up close and personally um, shoot a person who was in a wheelchair um, into his death. And so when we talk about underserved communities, thinking about those who are disabled, thinking about those who um, are struggling to pay, they, pay their bills, I saw the young man is working, you know, at fast food restaurants. So, you know, trying to put food on the table, things of that nature. We continue to see these demographics of people that are harmed by police officers. And so the way in which that the, we saw the officer disrespect the young man after um, shooting him uh, to death is the way that we have become so accustomed to seeing Black bodies handled, those who are in underserved communities handled. The only way that we're really going to get any remedy around this, and we've talked about this largely on this show as well, you know, Columbus, Ohio is a microcosm for what we're seeing all about the country, is that there are real consequences for these killers, because that's essentially what they are. They were fully armed. They have the element of surprise. They have a dog, and then it's two of them to go and serve a misdemeanor and a felony warrant against a 20-year-old young person. When we see all of that type of arm um, going into the space of someone who they already know has a decent amount of fear with regard to the police because he's been active in protest, um, as we've heard his family say before, and just um, being um, a part of the American experience in general, it really leads us to say that if there is not something immediately done about these uh, bashed killers, they're not going to stop in the disabled, in the Black, in the poor community. They're really, really going to continue to rage wars against communities that they feel that they have um, the ability to continue to menace. So this is really um, another person that is in the grave way too soon because of um, unhinged um, assassinators. Sorry, Roland. Are you breaking up a little? Uh, that's a big Oh, we want Okay. I, I think I got the gist of it in terms of the excuses they're giving. Uh, we certainly heard the Franklin County folks talk about, you know, we have to wait, we have to see. And I agree with everything, of course, Erica has said. Uh, that man, that young man, um, Donovan Lewis was dead the minute those three killers got out of their cars. 
they went into that house to kill him. How do we know? Uh, Ricky Anderson, that piece of uh, dog feces, who approached the bedroom door with his gun drawn, one of the three killers, the one who fired the shot and who was being rewarded now with paid administrative leave for his good service in, in service of the devilish project of white supremacy. That devil entered with his gun drawn and continued, if we see here in the video, to try to sick the dog on that door. Now, of course, when you enter, as you say, in the middle of the night, any human being would be startled. So when we see uh, Ricky Anderson engaged in his devilish act, uh, object in his devilish mission of killing. If uh, young Brother Donovan had come out of the room into the dog, he would have been shot. Because even if he had come out very quietly, turning that corner, appearing would have been enough for him to be shot. Notice how the devils follow a script. So come out, the dog's gonna bite you. This is the middle of the night, man. So I'm gonna be startled. Like, what, what, what? The minute you come out, you're dead. Next, uh, he shoots him, and they go into the devil's script. Stop resisting. Stop resisting. Okay, that's what you're trained to say, the training. People talk about training. Okay, all the people talking about diversity, equity, inclusion, anti-racism. Okay, it's time for you to be quiet right now. Pay attention to the devil's script of murder that we just heard. Stop resisting. And then, next, um, I'm looking for gloves. Why? Because they want to make sure that if he has some type of blood-borne disease or something, that they don't catch it. You see, what if we lived in a world where every time the killer pulls out their weapon to shoot, that bullet enters wherever the killer has aimed at the person they tried to kill? So when uh, Ricky Anderson, the piece of dog feces, who killed uh, Donovan Lewis, had shot, instead of penetrating Donovan Lewis's chest, it penetrated Ricky Anderson's chest. Uh, of course, I'll leave that to the people writing fantasy fiction, at least in the short term. But uh, then next in the script, we hear, uh, <laughs> pat him down. This man is moaning as his life ebbs out of him. But we hear, pat him down. Why? Because he still constitutes a threat. And then finally, as we heard you discuss with the attorney, and as you say, Erica, they took him out like the disposable thing that he was. They're very calm. Uh, Minister Aid. No, that's just for the script. Uh, and then they toted him out like he was garbage to the trash. This is not going to stop. No. It is not going to stop until no. they fear for their own worthless lives. This man's on paid administrative leave. No. While we're on here talking, he's somewhere sitting his ass up, high-fiving his buddies no. and uh, getting yes. paid. This will yes. only be uh, stopped when he's dead for killing someone either by the death penalty or when somebody invents a gun that when you aim it at me and try to blow my brains out, when it's headed for my head, it comes into yours and explodes it like a melon, you piece of dog shit. Reese, um, I say this all the time um, when we have these police shootings. You cannot come back from death. Mm -hmm. And if you're the police chief, you've got to say, folks, we can't have somebody die on some misdemeanor warrants. I mean, the goal is not to kill. The goal is to arrest or ap apprehend. And I, again, I go back to it's 2 o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. why? What, why? Why 2 o'clock in the morning? Naturally, a, any natural person is going to be dead sleep. And, and the reality is, and we know from all the rest of these shootings, they bust in, 
You can't make no move. There is no natural instinct. If I am sleep, where I don't jump up, grab something, as I said, most people, they go to sleep with their cell phones right next to them. Oh, thought they reaching for a gun. Mm. You, you are in absolute no man's land. You're DOA. Right. I mean, well, you said a couple of things that are key. You said uh, we can't have people. Well, we already know that we're not humans to them. There are no humans involved, just like it's dog eats dog, as far as that cop was concerned. You said you can't people kill for misdemeanors. Why not? Who gonna check them? Why not? Mm. If they want to, they mm. absolutely can. And they do. And we see it over and over again. Every week we talk about it. Every day we talk about it. So who's gonna check them? Yeah. So they don't have to give that direction because they're doing as they're designed to do. They're in these roles. We're going to talk about it later. Oath keepers to do exactly what they're doing. Yep. So yep. the reality is that the standard is don't be black. Don't be half black. Don't be next to black people if you don't want your ass to get shot. The standard is we can do whatever the hell we want to do when we want to do it and ain't nobody going to do a damn thing about it because you black or you half black or you close to somebody black. That's just the way that the system goes, unfortunately, until something changes. And what we have right now is we have open season from these cops and nothing is going to change that until something changes it. Um, I think it's going to be legislation. Yes, well, and, 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 and again, what you can have is leadership uh, offering excuses uh, for that. Uh, I, I want to pull this up. Um, th this is a story. There's a, a white soldier who was on trial. Give me a second. I'm trying to pull it up here. Um, and named Kill. First of all, look at this damn name. His name is Killian Ryan. <laughs> was arrested on August 26. Uh, he was arrested. He was a former paratrooper, and he said he enlisted in the military to learn how to better kill black people. I believe it. Sure. That's what he said, Erica. <laughs> to learn how it. to better kill black people. Serve with him. I believe him. You said you served with him. Explain that for folks who don't know. With folks like that. Um, so, you know, first and foremost, my father was in the military, so I have a a background so you know we base housing moving from base to base and my father was always one thing that I appreciated about my father my father was always brutally honest he came into the Marine Corps at a time where there were very very few black people that were in the Marine Corps that basic training was uh, substantially longer than any of the branches of the service and they were known for being brutal killers like that was what they were being trained to do and so when he came in there wasn't really any there wasn't any protection it was like oh if you black and you come in if you survive then congratulations we might consider you a marine but um as we you know move from base to base like my father would have these real serious conversations with us around um certain why we the element of our home was the way that it was and what i mean by the element of our home is that you know even though you know, if you were, as we would say in the um, armed forces, you know, we're armed, we're all one. We know that anywhere anybody goes, I don't care what institution, what corporation, 
that we're always black first. And so my father was very, very adamant um, about us realizing that no matter where we went, no matter what our family function was, um, that we were first black. And so some of the conversations that we would then hear, like especially as I moved into the military, were not as surprising because I knew that those people were in the military from the time that I was a military brat. So there are things that you learn that though you may be stationed with someone, you're all on this living facility, that people still see you for who you are first. And so even though there may be a working relationship, you keep that working relationship very much so segregated um, because then you don't want to allow or um, yeah, one does not want to allow um, who that person really is to show up in a way of comfort where they could possibly cause harm to you or your um, your family. So when I, I see those, when I saw those people when I was in the military, I stayed away. We do what we need to do at work, but there was no getting close. There was no fraternizing, as they would say, in the military with that person because uh, I knew essentially that right. they would do you know, they would cause harm if they had the opportunity to. We're going to take a break because we're going to continue this conversation because we're going to talk about uh, this leaked list of Oath Keep members uh, and what it has revealed. Police chiefs, sheriffs, folks in the military who are members of this racist organization. We'll discuss that next right here on Roland Martin Unfiltered on the Black Star Network. When we invest in ourselves, our glow, our vision, our vibe, we all shine. Together, we are black beyond measure. Can you believe the nerve of these Republicans? They only want to block progress for our community. They talk about cutting Medicare and Social Security. They played politics with veterans' health care. They voted against the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act and funding for our HBCUs and against lowering prescription drug costs for our seniors. These Republicans keep trying hard to stand in the way, but President Biden, Vice President Harris, and Democrats won't let them. They are delivering for us. The Democratic National Committee is responsible for the content of this advertising. When we invest in ourselves, we all shine. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER.
Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Together, we are Black Beyond Measure. Hatred on the streets, a horrific scene, a white nationalist rally that descended into deadly violence. White people are losing their damn minds. As an angry pro-Trump mob storms the U.S. Capitol, we're about to see the rise of what I call white minority resistance. We have seen white folks in this country who simply cannot tolerate black folks voting. I think what we're seeing is the inevitable result of violent denial. This is part of American history. Every time that people of color have made progress, whether real or symbolic, there has been what Carol Anderson at Emory University calls white rage as a backlash. This is the rise of the Proud Boys and the Boogaloo Boys. America, there's going to be more of this. Here's all the Proud Boys, guys. This country is getting increasingly racist in its behaviors and its attitudes because of the fear of white people. The fear that they're taking our jobs, they're taking our resources, they're taking our women. This is white fear. Pull up a chair, take your seat. The Black Tape with me, Dr. Greg Carr, here on the Black Star Network. Every week, we'll take a deeper dive into the world we're living in. Join the conversation only on the Black Star Network. We talk about blackness and what happens in black culture. We're about covering these things that matter to us, uh, speaking to our issues and concerns. This is a genuine people-powered movement. There's a lot of stuff that we're not getting. You get it, and you spread the word. We wish to plead our own cause to long have others spoken for us. We cannot tell our own story if we can't pay for it. This is about uh, covering us. Invest in Black-owned media. Your dollars matter. We don't have to keep asking them to cover our stuff. So please support us in what we do, folks. We want to hit 2,000 people, $50 this month, raise $100,000. We're behind 100000 so we want to hit that. Y'all money makes this possible. Check some money orders. Go to P.O. Box 57196, Washington, D.C., 20037- 0196. The cash app is dollar sign RM Unfiltered. PayPal is R Martin Unfiltered. Venmo is RM Unfiltered. Zelle is rolling at rollingsmartin.com. Hey, everybody, it's your girl Lunell. So, what's up? This is your boy, Earthquake. Hi, I'm Chaley Rose, and you're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered.
elite member list of the far-right extremist group Oath Keepers. They are accused of playing a significant role in the January 6th domestic terror attack on the U.S. Capitol. Has the names of hundreds of U.S. law enforcement officers, elected officials, members of the military. When we talk about law enforcement, folks, we're talking about sheriffs, police chiefs, and others. The Anti-Defamation anti League's Center on Extremism sifted through more than 38,000 names on the leaked Oath Keepers membership list and identified more than 370 people it believes currently work in law enforcement agencies, more than 100 who are presently members of the U.S. military, and about 80 who are running or serve in public office. Some of the names the ADL discovered, Thomas Rummel, Sanders County, Montana Sheriff, Joe Wright, Collin County, Texas. Collin County, y'all, that's Plano, Texas. That's Dallas, okay? Constable Bradley Rogers, Elkhart County, Indiana County Commissioner. Uh, Wendy Rogers, Arizona State Senator. Phil Jensen, South Dakota State Representative. Uh, Bob Gaiuda, New Hampshire State Senator. Idaho State Representative. Chad Christensen, Alaska State Representative. David Eastman, Major Eben Bratcher, Yuma County, Arizona Sheriff's Office. Lieutenant Philip Mercurio, City of Pittsburgh, uh, Sergeant Michael Lynch, Anaheim, California Police Department. The list goes on and on and on. This, this here, greatly significant, Reese. Uh, and here's the deal. We've known this for quite some time. This is not the first time uh, we've known this. We did the story here where the group uncovered this private Facebook group of mm. officers uh, from all around the country, St. Louis and Philadelphia and other places, where they were making racist remarks, sexist remarks uh, in this private Facebook chat room. Uh, we know it was in San Francisco where officers were busted for making racist remarks. The Cincinnati police officer just fired for using the N-word. Uh, Chicago cops using the N-word. There were Orlando officers that were fired uh, for racist comments as well. The fact of the matter is, in law enforcement in this country, the military in this country, there are racists, there are individuals who are part of these far-right militia groups. And it was interesting because one of these shares said, oh, yeah, I was a member, but this was, I just, that I left because I felt their language uh, was too incendiary. G really? Really? So between the Oath Keepers and the Proud Boys and the rest of these groups, they're all the same. Absolutely. But what it really goes to is the fact that these people are not just sitting around having a beer, you know, uh, you know, being buddies. These people want institutional power. And that's what we have to be concerned about, because these are people that are running for office. These are people that are police officers, people with badges that can go around killing people or harassing people um, and just having their way. And so I think it just goes to show, again, how we need to be in these institutions as well, because I don't want a bunch of white overseers, whether it's cops, prosecutors, judges, or elected officials. And so, you know, they're leaving no stone unturned in this battle for white supremacy, in this battle for white nationalism, in this battle for the government and power, every facet of power, military, police, elected. That's the main facets of power that you have. And they have every single part covered. We need to make sure that we are diligent about keeping them out of these spaces, and we need to be make sure that we're diligent about getting into these spaces and holding our own damn power. Um, you know, Greg, um, you, you had members of Congress who were highly critical of 
Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin because he was trying to rid the military of these racists. And these fools objected. They wouldn't even vote for it. He was trying to rid them of these white supremacists, these anti-Semitic anti folk, and Republicans were like, uh, we're too woke. Why are you focusing on this? <laughs> really? So that tells you right there who today's Republican Party sides with. Yeah, and unfortunately, today's Democratic Party, too. And, and today is a day I think we are reminded of that, even as this 96-year-old uh, Queen of England goes off to meet her ancestors. And I hope on her journey that it's peaceful, and then when she gets there, they have a segregated heaven so that she don't run into the millions of uh, non-white people who she ruled over for 70 years. But there will be people who stop and say, well, you know, we should— you know, I mean, she was the queen. We'll just pay our respects. Okay, it's the same thing. Let me make the connection. And 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 what Reese said is very important for us to understand. Institutions that do not protect you are not institutions that serve you. When I say the Democratic Party, too, I don't mean the Democratic Party is like the White Nationalist Party. What I mean is, unless you're going to take action against white nationalism, you are supporting soft white nationalism. There is no protocol and there is no decorum when someone has their foot on your neck. These white nationalists are determined, as Reese said, to rule or ruin. They have uh, weaponized beyond the paddle rollers who are in uniform. And again, we're obsessed with uniforms because of the slave mentality we've been given. That's why some people won't cry crocodile tears when they see Charles III, uh, the new king, in a uniform and, and everybody in uniforms. They just love watching uniform. Uh, we have been trained to respect the uniform. Well, we should have no respect for the uniform, and that includes people who ostensibly say they are on our side, who do not take action and break the back of white nationalism. Now, these Oath Keepers, we heard the uh, the sheriff there in Chesterfield County, Virginia, Sheriff Stewart, evoke First Amendment rights. They have First Amendment rights. Understand the strategy now is to use the First Amendment to weaponize every white nationalist in the country. This is why they say, I'm not giving you a cake if you gay. This is why they say, I get to come out and scream in your face and spit in your face, and uh, you can't do anything about it. Take it back to Reconstruction and the Cruikshank case, when they murdered black people in Louisiana and then said, well, it wasn't really race. It was them in political assembly. The point I'm trying to make is this. The Oath Keepers are not criminals. They are supported and abetted by the structure of this government at every level. Black people are not safe in the United States of America. We're not only hunted, as Reese said, by those in uniform. We are not protected by those who ostensibly claim to be against them, because when these white nationalists and their full-throated white nationalism stand up in legislatures and refuse to do anything about it, well, then everybody else says, well, we'll just have to keep fighting. You know, we'll just keep uh, trying to persuade them. Uh, we're fighting for the soul of America. It has no soul. Either you break the back of white nationalism or this country is going to explode because people will finally get the message that the only thing we can count on to protect ourselves is us. And at that point, you don't have a country. And perhaps you shouldn't have a country. Erica, the, the, the reason, and, and I'll explain this here, uh, the reason I chose this particular photo, and, and I picked the photo, because what this image shows, what this image shows is, no, 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 show, give me the, I want to see the image. This is what I want to see. Look at this here. This is a white man in front of the Capitol, and his arms are outstretched. And what he is actually saying is, this is ours. That, that, that image right there of his head tossed back, and our, this is ours. 
And that's what January 6th was all about. That's what this book is about. That's what this Oath Keepers is about. That's what the Proud Boys are about. What the, and that's why the Republican Party is aligned with these people, because they are their voters. That's what Charlottesville was about. And we can go on and on and on. Their entire being, this is ours. And I, and, and I play that clip all the time from The Good Shepherd. And I play it for a reason, because just that scene tells us exactly who these people are. When Joe Pesci says, we the Italians got this, the Jews got this, he used the N-word to describe black people. We couldn't even be called, we would call the N-word. He, he said, they got their music. He said, what do y'all people have? And Matt Damon's Wasp character says, we've got the United States of America. The rest of you are just visiting. That right there, that, that's where we're at right now. Yeah, I can remember the Wall Street Journal. I believe it was back in 2013. And on the cover, it was a profile of um, the first Daddy Bush, um, the last of the wasps. And uh, so it was, you know, another kind of telltale sign of what has always been, which is this really need for raw, naked, as we've said on this show so many times before, power. And that's what I think the power behind your book, Roland. I'm so excited about the hardcover we're getting that next week. And then Reese's second book, The Must Race Watches, all of this is coming at a time where people really do need to sit themselves in the reality of what's happening. The reality of what's happening is, you know, we look at Adama Ben Lewis and we saw his mother speaking before that crowd, usually when there's a black body that has been um, assassinated by the police. We're normally looking at black mothers and black fathers. We were looking at a mother that was not black. All of to let to let you know that white supremacy or, or white nationalism, excuse me, because it's not supreme, but white nationalism uh, is really only interested in power and those that will bend to it. And so you have those components that are willing to bend to it to make sure it stays intact. With one of which is law enforcement. You know, lest we forget that in 2006 the FBI had um, a report that talked about the insurgence of um, white nationalism, um, folks who were in local police departments, in the military. And then we had in 2020, around this same month, there were a series, I think it was a four-part congressional um, hearing that happened around local police units. And what was the big topic? It was talking about confronting white supremacy in local police departments. And so there, that whole, Reese asked who gonna check me, boo, that whole, that is their stock and trade. They've not been checked. Administrative leave is not checked. That's our money making sure that they still continue to get a check. And so until there's something done to ensure that these fools know that if you even think about it, if you get out of line, there is a price to be paid. This is what we're going to continue to see. We know that they make sure that they stay involved in politics on the local, the state, the congressional le um, level. Their um, master, the son of a Klansman, has really invigorated them in a way where they really have become one with the fact that if you're really going to take power from us, you're going to have to try to grasp it. And so another system erects. And so as we continue to look at all of these different um, acts of violence, as we continue to see people become more unhinged to really let you know who they are, just believe them and act accordingly.
And for me, that would also ensure that people who are actually talking about not participating in the midterms or the upcoming elections that we have, if you don't think it's going to get worse, give me your cell phone, give mm -hmm. me all sense of security, and give me your house keys. And we'll talk about it in another 60 days or a couple of years. Teach. The thing that, that for me, that jumps out here, Reese, uh, that I, I really need people uh, to, to understand, and, 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 and the reason I wrote the book, because I wanted to, 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 to connect the dots. When you take these Oath Keepers, Proud Boys, then you take the attacks on the 1619 Project, then you, attack, you see the attacks on uh, African studies, Afro-American studies, then when you see the attacks on critical race theory, then you see the attacks on diversity, equity, inclusion, the attacks on multiculturalism, now how the right ha attaches woke or wokeism to everything, they can't even define what the hell woke is. But again, what they want to do is they want to characterize anything non-white mm -hmm. as a threat to America. There was a poll that was done. It shows that a significant, a significant number of white Americans, Republicans, believe that discrimination against whites is equal or greater than that of African Americans. And that, that literally, and, and, and I saw this. I saw, it, I mean, with Obama wasn't even in the White House 30 days. I said to mm -hmm. John Avalon, we are living in the beginning of white minority resistance. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying that because I don't think, Reese, I don't think our politicians, I don't think a lot of African Americans are fully understanding what the hell I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. I don't think people really are, can, can, are comprehending how dangerous this is. Right now, you have the Supreme Court that is willing, has decided to take a case out of North Carolina. Republicans are asserting that the state legislatures can overrule the will of the people and they don't have to follow any voting laws whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And you got this guy, Leo Terry, who led the Federalist Society, and this billionaire has given him one point six billion to spend any way he wants to. Yep. And they have filed an amicus brief with the Supreme Court endorsing these ideas. This thing is so dangerous that a group representing 50 of the nation's state Supreme Court chief justices issued their own warning to the Supreme Court not to rule in its favor. <laughs> so what these white nationalists are trying to do and I need everybody who's watching, who's listening, to understand the depths of this. What they want to do is, they want to freeze in place any gains, strip away, take away, because they see what the numbers look like. And let me say this to my white Latino friends. You're not white. And so we got to talk to white Latinos who are operating.
There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. With a white mindset and saying, well, I'm going to choose with the white folks versus Latino folks and understand, they ain't riding with you either. Mm -hmm. This is a threat to our children's children. And so when I listen to all these yahoos, these black folks who are following some of these old ignorant people out here I ain't voting for this, I ain't voting for that. Trust me, Donald Trump told you after 16, he told you thank you for not voting. Mm-hmm. Because what they want to put in power, they are going to do. Yeah. And if we don't, and if we don't participate, we're just making their job easier. And folk then gonna realize, oh hell, what did I do? Right. <laughs> and now it's too late. Right. I mean, this might be the last election where this, across the country, we have national citizenship, where we have state citizenship even. I mean, if you look at the state of women now, there's no national citizenship for women in this country, because depending on where you live, you have a different set of rights. So that's the end of American citizenship for women. In Texas, you cannot get an abortion for any reason except for um, saving your the, the life of a mother. 
but you have people like Doug Mastriano in Pennsylvania who want to eliminate even an exception for the life of a mother. Same with Herschel Walker in, in um, Georgia. Same with Marco Rubio in Florida. So they're not done yet. They're playing for keeps, and they are tackling every single issue. They're tackling defunding public education. They're tackling stripping you of your health care. They're tackling women's reproductive rights, which is birth control is next. They're tackling the, the citizenship of the LGBTQ community. But a part of that is also tackling consensual sex between adults who are not trying, who, who are having sex without the purpose of reproduction. Like, I, I don't think that people really understand how insidious what they're trying to do is, but it starts with our own citizenship. It starts with gerrymandering us out of being able to influence our elections, which they've done in Texas, which they've done in Florida and other places. That's what the North Carolina... And, and, and then the next part is getting these election deniers who will set aside the results of the elections. That's what they're trying to do in Pennsylvania. That's what they're doing with these Secretary of State races. There is every part that they're trying to do, but what Republicans are smart at is they throw out this really incendiary, really inflammatory stuff. So we're talking about woke and they're talking about banning trans athletes like anybody gives a damn about a 15-year-old trans kid playing volleyball or, or swimming. And they, and they throw out all of these things when if you look at the record, that's where the real danger is. I mean, obviously their rhetoric is dangerous, but when they want to deny your existence and your humanity in this country and they want to overrule that, that is a big fucking deal. And I want people to quit sleeping on what's happening because it's, it's, this is it. This is really it. And, and, and the polls might be looking a little better for Democrats, but this ain't over until people vote. And then if you don't vote now, then if you have a Republican governor in Pennsylvania, if you have a Republican governor that wins in Michigan, if you have a Republican governor that wins in Wisconsin, it don't goddamn matter what we vote for in 2024 because they can overturn the Electoral College votes, even if uh, Biden-Harris or whoever runs for the Democrats wins by millions and millions more votes like Hillary Clinton did in 2016. So this is it, people, and I know y'all tired of hearing that, but that's the reality of it. And if you don't believe me, you can pick up my book, okay? Because I'm talking about it in both of my books, about what these Period. people are planning to do with their power should they get it. And, and I'm, t I'm telling you, Greg, that, that there are people... I, I deal with these people every single day, uh, and, and they come with, with the usual BS. Oh, man, you sell out for the Democrats. You a Democratic shield. Uh, you, own, you own the plantation. Folk, I'm trying to tell you, Mitch McConnell knows very well who the Oath Keepers vote for. Absolutely. Marco Rubio, he knows who the Proud Boys vote for. Absolutely. I'm telling you right now, Ron Johnson, he knows who the white nationalists vote for. Absolutely. They know that is their base. The Confederate flag waving folk. It's only one party today that defends Confederate monuments. It's the Republican Party. It's only one party that has actually made voter suppression a part of its plank. Let's just be straight up honest. And their whole deal, look, and, and I, warn, I warn these folks this. Now, I remember when I did a panel the CBC, and hell, that may have been eight, maybe eight years ago. Hell, it could have been 10 years ago. And they were talking about, and Cheryl Eiffel was on it, Kristen Clark was on it, um... Um, actually, I think he's now the he's now uh, in the cabinet, um, uh, the Biden cabinet. 
he was Secretary of State of California, and they kept talking about black and brown. I said about voter suppression. I said, y'all, mm -hmm. I said, y'all better stop overlooking white folks. They have moved an, they have moved a voting location off the campus of Texas A&M. Y'all, Texas A&M, my alma mater, is conservative as hell. But why are they moving it? Because they don't want them white kids voting. They see what's happening. So people need to understand this thing is so deep. And they are literally meeting, planning. They are funding this thing. They, these, these, the reason is why conservatives hate George Soros, because he got they type of money. That's why they brand any progressive DA a George Soros DA. So they ain't never had a problem with Sheldon Adelson before he died giving billions of dollars to the Republican Party. But, oh, you're, you're, you're George Soros DA. Well, I dare say wear with pride. What these people want to unleash on this country, Greg, and put it in historical terms, because I, I love these people who keep saying we ain't never seen this before. Anybody, if y'all see anybody say, slap the shot of them. <laughs> because if anybody says we've never seen this before, that's, that's proving me somebody who ain't never, ever read history. This is nothing different than the period after Reconstruction, after the Great Compromise of 1877, after they crushed uh, that, uh, uh, that, that movement in North Carolina between the broke white folks and, uh, and the freed slaves. This ain't, that's what this all is. This is history repeating itself because they are afraid of what happens when we truly get freedom. Absolutely, Ro. And, th and that applies to anyone who is looking for freedom, again, and for folks who might think, oh, this is your shields for the Democratic Party, listen very carefully. In fact, if you're not already subscribed to the Black Star Network, please do that. And tell other people. Everybody here probably already is. So you need to tell 10, 20, 1,000 other people to subscribe because this is the only place you will hear things that might be mentioned other places or even discussed other places, discussed in this way. And, th and trust me, this is the only conversation that matters because to evoke uh, Elijah Muhammad and the policy to note the passing on the 27th of August of Abel Muhammad, who was the chief spokesperson for Minister Louis Farrakhan, a friend of mine, very important sister, uh, lawyer out of Columbus, Ohio, by the way, who made transition. And, and I think about the Nation of Islam when they said that when this country falls apart, it's going to be the shock of the hour. The shock of the hour, they call it in the Nation of Islam. So all the other places having these conversations, when it falls apart, they're going to be shocked. No one will be shocked in the Black Star Network because we've been trying to tell y'all. And, and, and Risi, I appreciate you framing this in the way that you did as it relates to, you know, the rule of law. See, what's really on trial in this process is the rule of law. It isn't a matter of whether we will survive, as, uh, but it's a matter of who will survive in America, to quote Gil Scott Heron. So, Roland, when you say that the Democrats are not for maintaining the statutes, well, I wonder because... You see, many of the statues in the South, as you know, are on private property. When I watched you interview the great Fred Gray uh, last month, you know, in the conversation you all were having, he, he talked about with great pride that they're going to get one of those Confederate monuments down there in Montgomery. And that the Fred Gray, Fred Gray Road and Rosa Parks Road, Martin Luther King, now abut that public land, they can do that. But here's the problem. Many of those Confederate monuments are on private property. 
Mm-hmm. And the problem we have with the Democratic Party is they draw the line because they think that there's a rule of law in this country at the First Amendment. So they say, well, we can't do anything about those on private property because they have the First Amendment right. Well, sir, you've mistaken the concept of rule of law for white nationalism. They're hiding behind the First Amendment. The same thing with gerrymandering, as you just raised. Again, you're not going to see this anywhere else. This Rachel Maddow, Joy Reid, I'll just start naming the names. It really doesn't matter. You're not going to hear this conversation, even though they know full well. Now, Ellie Mustal may slip in there and say a few of these things. Then they kiki and keep going because they think they live in a country and they don't. The point is this. When you start talking about gerrymandering, the Supreme Court has ruled that there's a difference between justice ability, meaning the ability to bring a case in court, have standing, and have a constitutional issue at stake, between political gerrymandering and racial gerrymandering. Those who say, I don't agree with these white nationalists in Wisconsin who have so gerrymandered the Wisconsin legislature and voting for it that you can have a majority in the state vote for one party and the other party still have a majority, they will say, but I respect the courts because, you know, this is not a justiceable issue. Once you say, I respect the courts, you have tested the rule of law because here's what is at stake. When the white nationalists are in power, as you have said, Roland, as you have written, they don't have a rule of law. Their rule is rule or ruin. So Justice, I I mean, Judge, rather, Eileen Cannon, that uh, fool down there, 41 years old, that Trump put on the bench in the Southern District of Florida, she has issued a ruling saying that I don't care about no Department of Justice. I don't care about no Federal Bureau of Investigation. All I know is I'm going to stand between the rule of law and my master who appointed me on the recommendation of uh, Marco Rubio, Donald Trump, and I'm going to say there should be a special master uh, uh, appointed to do something that is unprecedented in the history of federal investigations of criminals like Donald Trump to go back through the documents and figure out how I can save my master. Now, all of the lawyers, including that criminal Bill Barr, who was the attorney general carrying out this foolishness when he was in power, have come out screaming bloody murder about Judge Cannon's rule. But she's a 41-year-old, as you mentioned, pointed on the bench, came through the Federal Society in 2004 when she was at Duke University Law School, and is now on the bench making up the law. There is no rule of law, finally. On this Black Star Network, we interviewed a guy, Richard Kreitner, who writes for, writes for The Nation magazine, wrote a book years ago called, uh, a couple of years ago called Break It Up. He says the central theme in American history is not union, but disillusion. And then year by year, as you say, highlighting Reconstruction, but going back to the beginning when the 13 colonies broke with George III, who came to the throne after Elizabeth I. By the way, the one that just died was Elizabeth II, just to tie together these white nationalists. And then the guy who's on the throne now, Charles III, uh, his uh, predecessor, Charles II, was the one that signed all the warrants that brought us as over here to speak English. But at any rate, those 13 colonies broke with Great Britain, and that was the only thing they agreed on. When the minute they started the United States, the New Englanders wanted to get away. The South wanted to get away. And then he follows it through the history of the United States. George Washington, when he left office, he was terrified he said, because once we push west of the Alleghenies, all those places are going to create their own country. You get to the Civil War, South Carolina left because they have been trying to leave since the beginning. And the only thing kept this thing stitched together are people who look like you and me because we were in enslavement. And the minute we saw a crack and a chance to advance our interests and got a few guns, we ended the damn Civil War because the South was looking on the verge of winning. Remember, they didn't have to conquer New York. They just had to keep the North out of the South. And Gettysburg is in Pennsylvania. It is not in Georgia. The point is the South was on the verge of winning the war. And winning for them looked like secession. And then they were going to link to Mexico, link to Latin America, and create a whole new confederacy. My point is this. From that moment, Reconstruction, to where we are right now, it has been non-white people, chiefly black people. And by the way, 
white people do include, as you say, Roland Spanish, because Eileen Cannon came from Colombia. She was born in Colombia. Her mother is one of them Cubans that left uh, uh, Castro's Cuba in 1959. So she's white, too, and she just happens to speak Spanish. But the only thing that's kept this together is people saying, we don't give a damn about y'all. But if you believe in your own rule of law, we can force you to stitch this thing together long enough for this to get some room to operate. But when this thing collapses, it doesn't mean that we're going to die. Don't be scared, as you say, Roman. People say, y'all show for the Democratic Party, Republican Party. Uh, people don't like me. You know, Some of my friends who are on the radical left say I told them to shut up, and they're mad about that still to this day. So I'm not going to say shut up. I'm I will. Say, shut up. Well, no, I, I, was, I just say, as John Henry Clark said, be smart. Don't get mad, get smart. Understand that if you don't go out there and vote, you're not just you're not propping up a system. You're trying to work in your own interest because if you don't and they do get in charge, again, they've already lined up the agenda. You see these white nasty saying, when we take the House, we're going to investigate uh, Biden, we're going to investigate the Attorney General. Fauci, everybody. Fauci, all of them, right? So when they do that, here is the danger. Here's the danger. All my friends that say, well, they're all the same. No problem. See, philosophically, I agree with you enough, but here's why I know we disagree. I know y'all ain't got the heart to kick in the door waving the 4-4. But I tell you who does have the heart to kick in the door waving the 4-4. All them people who may not have voted, but when they realize that there is no rule of law to protect them and the only thing on stand between them and the grave is a, is a strap, this thing is going to fall completely apart because if you don't try to fix it through the political process, the only other alternative is revolution. And most people are not revolutionaries, but if you kick in the door and they mama, then you ain't got enough police. And I don't want to see that happen. I'm not cheering for that. I'm not expecting that. I'm saying voting is one way to perhaps forestall that moment. But what is inevitable is there is going to be, in the words of Lerone Bennett Jr., confrontation in black and white. The only question is, do we want to shape the terms now? Or do we want to shape the terms later? Folks, uh, going to a break, we come back. Uh, we will uh, do our black and missing. Also, Queen Elizabeth died today, 96 years old. It has stirred a lot of uh, emotions. The British are mourning her death. The Irish are cheering her death. There are people who are angry with black subjects saying, how dare you be upset? But did they tell the Cubans that when Castro died? We're going to unpack this, folks, and walk you through this because we need to help folk understand colonialism and its impact on the legacy of Queen Elizabeth. You're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered on the Black Star Network. Folks, if you're on YouTube and Facebook and Instagram and Twitch, y'all, hit the like button. Stop riding for free. We should easily be at more than 1,000 likes right now. Hit that button. Uh, and, of course, download the Black Star Network app, Apple phone, Android phone, Apple TV, Android TV, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Xbox One, Samsung Smart TV. And, of course, if you want to support, our, support us, uh, join our Bring the Funk fan club. Our goal is to get $20,000 fans contributing on average 50 bucks each for the year. Y'all, y'all get this show, all this. Y'all ain't getting this on no other platform. Let, let me go ahead and, and really break this thing down. Check your cable bill. You literally, what did I just tell y'all? $50 a month, $50 a year, $4.19 a month, $0.13 a day. You literally right now are paying more 
for Fox News, CNN, Fox Business, every month on your cable bill. Oh yeah, that money's going to them. We are providing this show, Roger Daily Show, weekly shows from Greg, Jackie Hood Martin, Stephanie Humphrey, uh, uh, weekly shows uh, uh, from uh, Deborah Owens. We literally are working on three or four other weekly shows right now. Y'all, by mid-October, we plan on launching our 24-hour fast channel. There's no other black-owned media company in America as providing this level of news and analysis. Not Byron Allen, not Essence, not Ebony, not Blavity, not uh, any of them. No black-owned platform is doing what we do on a daily basis, period. So your support matters. This is no different than taking a subscription out to a newspaper. It's the same thing, and it's a hell of a lot cheaper, and you're getting a hell of a lot more. Send your check-in money orders to P.O. Box 57196, Washington, D.C., 20037 0196. Cash App, Dallas, RM Unfiltered. PayPal is RM Unfiltered. Venmo is RM Unfiltered. Zale is rolling at rolling at We'll be right back. When we invest in ourselves, we're investing in what's next for all of us. Growing creating, making moves that move us all forward. Together, we are Black Beyond Measure. Can you believe the nerve of these Republicans? They only want to block progress for our community. They talk about cutting Medicare and Social Security. They played politics with veterans' health care. They voted against the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act and funding for our HBCUs and against lowering prescription drug costs for our seniors. These Republicans keep trying hard to stand in the way, but President Biden, Vice President Harris, and Democrats won't let them. They are delivering for us. The Democratic National Committee is responsible for the content of this advertising. When we invest in ourselves, our glow, our vision, our vibe, we all shine. Together, we are Black Beyond Measure. Hi, I'm Vivian Green. Hi, I'm Wendell Pierce, actor and author of The Wind in the Reeds. Hey, yo, Peace World, what's going on? It's the Love King of R&B, Raheem Devon, and you're watching Roland Martin, Unfiltered. Jamari Robertson is missing from Austin, Texas. The 15-year-old was last seen on August 30th. He's 5 feet 7 inches tall, weighs 140 pounds with brown hair and brown eyes. Any more information about Jamari Robertson, Robertson should call the Austin Police Department 512-974-2000. 972-5512-974-2000. Uh, folks, uh, this afternoon news came out of the UK uh, that Queen Elizabeth, who has reigned uh, as the head of uh, the monarch for the last 70 years has died at the age of 96. Uh, this morning, British doctors uh, said they were concerned about her health. Her family rushed to her side. She passed away uh, at uh, her summer home there in Scotland. It has unleashed uh, a wave uh, of 
of mourning there in Britain for the head of the monarch. Uh, you've had sporting events that have been canceled as a result uh, of her death. The NFL has announced there's going to be a moment of silence before their games uh, kick off uh, this Sunday as well. Uh, and you have had a uh, lot of people talking about her impact, leading, uh, leading the Commonwealth, leading uh, this um, massive uh, colonialism for 70 years. Um, but there's been another conversation going on that's been taking place um, around the world, and that is how do you then assess her legacy? Do we only focus on uh, what some consider to be the good as opposed to looking at it in its totality? Uh, if you look at something that's called hashtag Irish Twitter, uh, you will see how they are reacting. In fact, uh, there was a uh, this video here uh, that was dropped. Uh, someone, uh, when the announcement was made, you, could, you should turn the audio up. They were cheering Lizzie's in a box. In fact, um, other parts of the country, uh, I was uh, pulling, I, there was some video that I pulled up. Uh, this was um, a uh, scene uh, outside uh, of uh, another area there uh, in Ireland. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This 
is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Now, it's, it's, it's interesting when you began to assess this. I saw this tweet uh, just moments ago uh, from Karen Hunter, uh, Sirius XM radio show host. Uh, and uh, she said uh, to, uh, to folks, um, um, she says, uh, FYI, it's uh, spiritually tacky to celebrate the death of anyone. Okay. So, and then she... Uh, then she uh, had a second tweet uh, where she said, uh, give me one second. She said, that said, black Twitter, Irish Twitter, and them are going straight to hell. And some of these reactions are mad funny because two things can be true. Um, it, w- what we've seen here, I, so I was a little bit earlier, uh, I saw a tweet uh, from Eric Erickson, and he was not happy at all uh, with... Um, journalist uh, Wesley Lowry. Allow me to uh, find that. Um, uh, so, um, so here he, he was a tweet right here uh, from Jamel Hill that clearly uh, upset Eric. Uh, she said, journalists are tasked with putting legacies into full context, so it is entirely appropriate to examine the queen and her role in the devastating impact of continued colonialism. Well, Eric wasn't happy, so Eric goes, the professional race hustlers who profit off per- perpetuating racial issues never disappoint in their efforts to weave racial grievance into everything. It really is impressive. Um, again, that was w- one reaction. Uh, I saw another one where he was, um, again, uh, upset with something, um, uh, with something that um, uh, Wesley Lowry uh, had tweeted. And again, th- 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 these reactions have been Really interesting, uh, as you've seen people uh, get mad and upset um, with these um, with, with these responses. Uh, now, then, then you have uh, this response here uh, by uh, this sister Uju uh, Anya. Uh, she apparently is a, a professor somewhere. She just eviscerated the queen. She's I heard the chief monarch of a thieving, raping genocidal empire is finally dying. May her pain be excruciating. She then, she then said, that wretched woman and her bloodthirsty throne have fucked generations of my ancestors on both sides of the family, and she supervised a government that sponsored the genocide my parents and siblings survived. May she die in agony. Wow. Um, some will call that harsh. But again, I'm going to put this thing in context in a second because Karen Atiyah, uh, this was interesting here. Um, this, is, this was a statement that came from, um, uh, let me just do this here. I'm going to pull the actual tweet up because I thought it was very interesting when I saw this tweet. Uh, and I guarantee y'all, you're not going to have this conversation anywhere else but here on Roland Martin Unfiltered. Um, the president of Ghana sent out a uh, tweet, um, and Karen um, responded to it. Um, 
This is what the president of Ghana, uh, Nana Akufo Adu, tweeted. My thoughts and the thoughts of all Ghanaians at home and abroad are with Queen Elizabeth II, the British monarch and the head of Commonwealth, the organization of which Ghana is a proud member and her family in these difficult moments. I wish her the best and God's blessings. But this is what Karen tweeted. The UK rejects visa applications from Africa at twice the rate of people from other parts of the world and is still holding on to cultural items it plundered from Ghana. But sure, let's kiss the ring. Wow. Now, uh, I also saw, I'm going to find in a second, there was another, there was another uh, tweet uh, that Karen sent out that uh, I, I do think uh, is, is, um, um, uh, is worthy to uh, discuss because she made a mention about who were subjects. Um, as a matter of fact, so she... Uh, this, this was one of her tweets. My great-great-grandparents worked in the British colonial administration, as did my grandfather for a while before independence. My father and mother were born in Ghana and Nigeria, respectively, under British rule. So here we have an a, a opinion writer for the Washington Post who's talking about uh, her family. She's talking about uh, what took uh, places. Um, you know, this, this was... Uh, uh, let me find that tweet, if I can. Oh, here it is right here, before I go to our panel here. Black and brown people around the world who were subject to horrendous cruelties and economic deprivation under British colonialism are allowed to have feelings about Queen Elizabeth. After all, they were her subjects, too. Go to my panel here. I, it's, the reason I think the, the, this is important, Karen, I'm sorry, Reese. Um, I'm sitting there reading Karen's tweet, uh, is because... There is this view that when a significant figure passes away, a world leader, that it's supposed to be all positive, no criticism. It's always those things can wait. But I showed the reaction of the Irish. Please tell me what is the difference between how the Irish reacting to the death of Queen Elizabeth is different than how in Little Havana in Miami they celebrated honking horns, firing guns, having parades when Castro died. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is no difference, really. And, you know, I mean, I listen, I'm not the historian here. I believe that to Dr. Carr and you. But I'm not in the business of policing Black people in particular, their reactions to anything. I think people are completely justified in how they feel. I think if some people want to celebrate, that's on them. I'm not going to, you know, indict them for that either. But the reality is she's had, you know, she's been, she was queen for 70 years. Is it years. possible to fall in so, love with your home? All right. Uh, so she's had 70 years of pompous circumstance and kissing the ring and everybody bowing before her. And so if people want to have an honest evaluation of her record and what it means beyond these crown jewels that are stolen from Africa or these pageants that they put on, I think that that is perfectly reasonable in this moment. Um, see, th th this, this, this is an example, Erica of what I was talking about earlier. People who literally ain't read shit. <laughs> because 
What we do is we go, oh, Queen Elizabeth, oh, she was just, you know, she was this nice figure, this nice, nice woman, grandmotherly, and walked around in big hats and uh, jewels and robes and, and all, that, all that fun stuff, had some kids and princes and princesses and all that sort of stuff. And people think it's all fairy tale, but the reality is that government ruled a large part of the world, ruled African nations, was a brutal regi regime. So it shows to me the sheer arrogance, especially of white Americans, who refused to acknowledge what life was like for folk who were under colonial rule. Yes, yeah, par for the course. You know, they feel like they are in charge of black people, black labor, black thought, black feelings, but are free to have their own. You know, you're talking about all of those nations that that monarch um, has ruled for since 1627. And just thinking about it wasn't that long ago in the 1960s that Barbados um, was given autonomy. Um, and we know that the complexion of Barbados is reflective of ours. So when we talk about policing, you know, there's definitely over policing of black folks, period, um, in this country and beyond. I think that that also goes to emotional reaction, because some of the stuff that I read on um, Irish Twitter, I mean, it was just like, it was cold-blooded. They gave no fucks about what they said with regard to um, Elizabeth's departure. They didn't care what people felt about it. They were speaking from people who were subject to her rule. And they were very frank and honest about it. So, uh, you know, when we start talking about Black people, the, t um, the last tweet that you read from Karen, I'd read that earlier myself. And I say, absolutely damn right. Um, I don't know what that experience is. I know what my experience is in this country. But to police and tell Black people how to behave, how to comport oneself, no. Not when, you know, this woman has had 70 years of reign. That didn't happen because of what you described in that descriptor when I think about all the childcraft books I had growing up. Honey, that was blood, okay? You don't right. sit somewhere for 70 years eating bonbons and having fresh truffles delivered because you're sweet. That was blood. Um, Greg, it is hard for people to do two things at one time. The reality is there are positives and there are negatives. But this notion that somehow we can't even discuss what some consider to be negative. I mean, if we're talking about how do you assess the legacy of Queen Elizabeth, it cannot be from a white Anglo-Saxon um, uh, European point of view. You have to ask those in India. You have to ask those in multiple African nations because brutality existed. Folks died. Folks were, folks were killed in order to support the United Kingdom, which she led for 70 years. So this is, and then, so this, to act like that didn't happen, and so how dare these people express their view? Again, I, I just go back to how folks were cheering the death of Fidel Castro. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
the death of uh, Hugo Chavez, the death of Muammar Gaddafi, the death of, and I'm sure there are people bristling now, like, wait, wait, are you naming dictators? Well, y'all need to turn off Bridgerton and Hamilton and all these silly-minded attempts to beg your master to be human in the world and think for yourself. As you say, Roland, I have all the space in the world, particularly for the victims of the British, whether they be Ireland, which was British Britain's first colony. That goes back to the 11th century. Uh, there's a full-bred white nationalist named uh, Mel Gibson who made a whole movie about it between Ireland and Scotland. Braveheart, y'all remember that? You know, maybe y'all heard Nas. Bravehearts. Well, that actually comes from that white-on-white -white beef that based on England invading. See, when you, when they say the United Kingdom, it's different, between, it's different between England and the United Kingdom. Ask them people in Wales. Ask them people in Scotland. Ask the Northern Irish how they feel. Well, we don't have to ask them because you just put it up. England is the... Well, I don't know. Maybe Spain, because Spain, you know, everybody speaking Spanish got colonized by Spain. So between Spain and England, but certainly I probably made the case England, because they're a lot more brutal. Because unlike Spain, the English culture is, is threadbare. You don't go to fine English dining, after all, as you chew on your fish and chips. England is arguably the most influential criminal enterprise in world history. Elizabeth II, who ruled for 70 years and 214 days, the longest reign of a queen or monarch in England, king or queen, is probably going to be the last monarch. Charles III, when he dies, whenever that is, if he lives a few more years, will probably be presiding over the complete fracture. And you mentioned Barbados. Shout out to Mia Amor Motley, the prime minister of Barbados. They left the Commonwealth before she died. And I understand I understand why President um, Akufo Addo said what he said. He's trying to be a diplomat because he want to do business with the UK, right? He wants to do business with England. But I got all the room in the world for the Nigerians. Like uh, Dr. Anya, I have, who is going to be crucified at Carnegie Mellon for this, is already getting crucified for this. I have all the room in the world for uh, uh, Sister Atia, whose parents are Ghanaian and Nigerian, because they understand. You understand that... Ghana took her independence in 1957. In 1961 is a famous moment when Elizabeth II, at 35 years old, goes in to dance with Kwame Nkrumah in Ghana. Up until 1960, when Ghana declared itself constitutional republic, she was still, from 57 to 60, you know her official title in Ghana? She was the queen of Ghana. If you're in the Commonwealth, she's still your queen. Her face on your money. They got to change the money now from her face to Charles III's face. Your master's still on your money. Mia Moore Motley said later for that, she made Rihanna a national hero and said, we getting out the Commonwealth. Both of those things, chef's kiss. The point is, did Jamaica coming soon? What you gonna see now is with this woman gone, they might say, okay, later for that, because it Britain still rules over an empire, finally. Her last official act. Her last official act on Tuesday was to swear in this new prime minister, Liz Truss. Why the prime minister of England, who's about to wreak havoc up there, by the way, why is she going out there to this woman's vacation castle, one of many, by the way, the biggest recipient of welfare in the history of humanity, organized humanity is the British royal family. Why is she going out there to get the queen? Because even though it might just look ceremonial, you have to understand the power of culture. When you worship things like this, 
You are buying into a system that has had your, its foot on your neck for 500 years. And if you think that the reaction is a little out of hand, as Karen Hunter say, you know, you shouldn't celebrate death. Well, that's the protocol African people have always had. But let me tell you another protocol we have always had. If somebody slapped you in your damn face, you need to slap them back. And Elizabeth II, following in the long line of British murderers, been slapping the world in the face for centuries. So go on into the next phase and pray to God that you don't see Gandhi and Nehru and Nasser and pray you don't see Kwame Nkrumah walking around wherever you're going and you better not see nobody from the Caribbean, the Jamaican Blue Mountain Maroons mm -hmm. and oh my God, if you run into them niggas from Barbados, you in real trouble, Elizabeth II. So all we can say is when we get over there and I'm going to tell you what's going to happen in, in 80 or 90 years when baby Archie make it over there, you and him and your husband who call him a monkey, they're going to have another kind of conversation. But I'm going to stop right there. I just, I just want, I just want those who are watching and listening um, to, to understand that we can have a well-rounded conversation. Yes. Um, and I just simply think, Erica Risi and Greg, uh, this is a perfect example of a failure in this country. When there's a mass shooting. Oh, there's no time for that. This is a time to only think about the bodies aren't even cold. Some breaking news. Multiple people shot in downtown Uvalde a few moments ago. What? A few moments ago, police were responding to multiple people shot in downtown Uvalde, Texas. Just four months after 19 kids were gunned down in the school, two adults. That's the thinking in this country. Oh, no, no, no. We, 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 we shouldn't be discussing those things right now. We, don't, don't, don't bring those things up right now. But no, we should. And, and I, I think it does a disservice to people today who have no understanding of history um, to not look at the entire life, career, and the spectrum of Queen Elizabeth, just like uh, when Ronald Reagan died. Oh, no, 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 no. We, 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 we. Reagan was a great man. So, so, so we are to ignore all of this? No. Um, I don't celebrate someone dying. We got the news today. Longtime CNN anchor Bernard Shaw died at the age of 82. Mm. Many of us remember him from uh, covering the Iraq War. Um, he passed away. Last night, I got the terrible news that comedian David Arnold, 54 years old, died as well. No one celebrates death. We mourn those uh, who died. People are, people are mourning. Uh, Bernard Shaw, but guess what? Bernard Shaw gave an interview with NPR where he said he missed a lot of things in his family because of things that he was covering, and he said it wasn't worth it. Mm. So yeah. think about it. People are honoring the journalism of Bernard Shaw, but Bernard Shaw said himself, of all things that he missed, it wasn't worth it. So I, I, I just want people to have... You knew him. Why did you say that? Why do you think he said that? Right? Easy. I think because I, I, I think because 
when you are, look, as you get older, you reflect on what you missed. Birthdays. Mm. Your, your memories. I, Mike Wallace was fired from CBS. He was fired. He made a comment. Uh, he said, F you to the new executive producer. He could do that with uh, uh, the previous EP, his old friend, Don. Mm. Not, not the new one. Mike Wallace was fired. All the awards, all the accolades, he was fired. Stuck him in a downstairs office, play on his contract. Mike Wallace died in a nursing home of dementia. They put his awards on the walls, hoping he remember none of that. I think Bernard Shaw made that comment because he gave up a lot to go cover these things worldwide. And when you get to the end of your life, you actually wish you had more time with your family. Uh, mm -hmm. Ed, Ed Gordon posted, um, Ed Gordon posted this uh, about, um, um, and it's very interesting because um, um, David was, David Arnold really was like bothered that he did not blow up. He did not experience the, the, the highs of the business until literally the last year. And he had been wanting it for a very long time. Um, he, here was a conversation that he had on the podcast with Ed Gordon that I think is important, which I think also speaks to what Bernard, Bernard Shaw had to say. Uh, so um, listen to this. Yeah. What's the end of the road? And by that, you know, I, I know people don't like to think about, particularly when you love what you do, the end, but there is, you know, the end of your driveway, you make it home, you're satisfied. What is that for you? Um, this is what I will say. Lately in the last couple of years with the success that I've had and, and, and just what I've had now, I've learned to, I'm learning to stop and start enjoying the things around me that I do have. My daughters are 15 and 17. I try to spend more time with them and really lock in with them because they're, you know, a few years out from going out and to do their own thing. Spend more time in locking in with my wife, trying to do things that I enjoy, right? Because I do, I still, like I said, I still want to do I still want, I'm still going to do a sitcom. I'm going to do, I'm going to do that. I know that's going to come my way. I don't know how long I'm going to do it, but I know I'm going to do it. And then I will get a chance to tour. If I don't, if I can just tour and people come to see me every time my name goes up on a marquee, that would be cool. But the end for me is being in a place where I, I'm okay. I've made an incredible living doing what I love to do, which is a blessing because most people do not get a chance to do that. Mm -hmm. And I think the end for me is just being comfortable with the things that I have done and being happy with the fact that I've made a great living and taking care of the people around me, you know what I mean? Doing what I love to do in a way that I was, that was even better than I was, you know, raised in some areas. Well, look, man, I told you when we first talked, I'm a, I'm a big fan. I appreciate it. I, appreciate, all I was so doing. shocked. 
You can see uh, more of that on Ed Gordon's page. David Arnold, folks, comedian, dead at the age of 54 years old. Um, I mentioned Bernard Shaw, uh, longtime anchor of CNN. I, our paths did not cross. We were at, there at CNN together. I got there in 2007, left in 2013. Uh, but I did have an opportunity to meet Bernard Shaw on many occasions. In the last three years, he and I talked several times. Uh, we tried to connect to play golf. Uh, Bernie had knee surgery, then he had a serious back issue. Uh, we would talk occasionally. Uh, he actually crossed my mind three weeks ago, and I, I should have called. Uh, literally just popped into my spirit, uh, and uh, I didn't do so. And like I say, we would, we would talk, and he would, he would, he would, he would man, want to play golf, but uh, he kept having these injuries. Uh, he died at the age of 82 of pneumonia, non-COVID. Um, a few years ago, um, at the National Association of Black Journalists Convention, um, he spoke. Um, and I was sitting in the room when he made this speech. Let me know if y'all have the video. And um, some may ask, Roland, why, people may ask, why did I rip CNN when I did? Because part of my deal is, I said, I don't want to wait until I'm 70 years old to speak truth about what happened. When Carol Simpson wrote her book and talked about the racism and the sexism she had to go through, when Bernard Shaw talked about the things that he went through, they were not in real time. So for me, when you talk about those things when you're 70 or 75 years old, they can't be fixed. They can't be fixed. And so I sat in that room and I listened to Bernard Shaw give these words and I said, you know what, um, leave it right there, we're going to pick it up right there. Part of my whole deal is, no, 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 somebody has to speak truth while it's actually happening. And he said something to white men in that room in 2007 that actually applies today. He was presented his Lifetime Achievement Award by Gwen Eiffel. She's no longer with us either. Here's Bernard Shaw speaking to NABJ 15 years ago when he got the Lifetime Achievement Award at our national convention in Las Vegas. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. Tonight you welcome me down your corridor of honor, and I am walking in shoes of humility because before me you have celebrated the finest of the best. Among them, on my mind, my friend, Ed Bradley. Confession, I feel uneasy. And I feel uneasy because 
phrase makes me itch. I want it, I like it, but I can't spoon with it, you know? I refuse to. It's my way of keeping myself honest and remembering my mother's words. You can always be taken down a buttonhole lower. My wifely friend of 33 years, Linda, has lovingly done that from time to time. As mother protector, heart, soul, and conscience of our family, without them, there would be no me. In all the seriousness of my journalistic life, there's been an impish little boy, hidden away but reappearing at signal moments to remind me of life's wonderments, people's goodness, and tomorrow's possibilities. So many times that little boy saved me from becoming embalmed with cynicism and stereotypical thinking and viewing others through and with negative prisms and mirrors. But then and now, there is code red reality. Journalists, hear me tonight. There are some owners in our business, some bosses, parent companies, whose profit fixation and staffing directives and decisions sabotage the public good they profess to serve. They are turning the people's right to know into the people's fight to know. Beyond this ballroom tonight, White males, wake up. Wake up. Globally, you are an island speck in an ocean of color. The reins of power will weaken, and so will your grip if you do not faithfully and fulsomely support our nation's greatest strength, diversity. If you do not share, you will lose. Diversity. Diversity is not racial, ethnic, or gender encroachment. Diversity is our national survival. To you caught in the middle, stay vigilant. You must stay strong. You must carry on. If not you, 
Who? To you, starting careers, embrace risk. Mold change, making it work for you. Better to walk the plank of change than regret steps not taken. Work hard at working hard. And finally, to you, I say this. Never, never fear truth, but be afraid of missing it. Your goals, your talent, your ethics have lifelong value and are superior to an Emmy, a Peabody, or a Pulitzer, one along the way. For this grand moment in life tonight, I... The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Thank you. Thank you. 
Bernard Shaw, day at the age of 82. Uh, Greg, I saw you responding to that. Um, again, to me, those are the words that need to be spoken on CNN, on the air, not just to media executives, but to all these white men in power in this country. Well, Roland, that's one of the reasons, thank God, you're not at CNN and you're here in a place that you built. Imagine how Bernard Shaw would have sounded if he could have said that every day on the Black Star Network or Charmaine Hunter Galt or Gwen Eiffel or, as he mentioned, Ed Bradley, graduate of Cheney State University, uh, or Max Robinson, for that matter. At that same ABC that Bernie Shaw started at as a young reporter in the 60s after having come, in, come out of the Marines, of course, the great Chicagoan Bernard Shaw, who interviewed Martin Luther King, who covered Watergate, who, as you say, become the first chief chief anchor at CNN, but then did it in a way, and as he's talked about in interview after interview, did it in a way that, that radiated coolness. And, of course, on CNN, they're going to have him talking about Baghdad. Of course, they're going to talk about the Iraq war and how he was cool there. But that's who... Yeah, they, 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 they ain't going to play that speech. Oh, no, hell no. Of course not. Again, this is the only place. And, and I guess what I'm saying is I'm sitting there listening, brother, and thinking about that elder and his dignity. And we think about so many of our elders, women and men, and their dignity giving these pronouncements, these kind of valedictories, these kind of passing it on. We realize when people say... And they'll say it, of course, all the black folk, all the black talking heads in these places will say, we stand on their shoulders, but do you? See, when we look at you, brother, we see someone who truly stands on the shoulder because as, as he said, you know, my dream wasn't to be the black at CNN who had to stay cool the whole time, which means at some point early in the 2000s, he retires and said, I'm gonna spend this time with my family. It means not having to make that choice because you control the platform. There will never be We've passed the peak of network news, as you remind us all the time, cable-based news, as you remind us all the time. It is now in the streaming universe, and you saw ahead, which means finally that to stand on the shoulders of a Bernard Shaw, to stand on the shoulders of an Ed Bradley or a Gwen Eiffel or, or Max Robinson or Charmaine hunter Galt and so many others, to stand on their shoulders means literally to say, we are going to build, because of their sacrifice and enabled by their sacrifice, we're going to build the platform they would have loved to have worked at the whole time. And ironically, that platform looks a whole lot more than the platform of the shoulders on which they stood, the Mal Goods and the Robert Abbotts, as you remind us, and all and all of the folks from the Defender and all the folks from the Courier. It looks a lot more like that independent black media that preceded them than it does being their followers in these white spaces who have to sit there and bite their lips until they can't stand it no more. And like Don Lemon turning from a courtier to power to the number one critic, because you just can't take it no more. Well, Don, you could always come to the Black Star Network, brother. But, you know, Bernie Shaw's dream wasn't for you to follow him at CNN. Bernie Shaw's dream looks a whole lot more like Roland Martin than it does Don Lemon. We, um, the lesson learned, Queen Elizabeth 96, Bernard Shaw 82, David Arnold 54, the reality. Uh, and real quick, uh, Reese and Erica, before I go to my next guest out of South Carolina, um, no one knows the day, the hour, the minute, the second. So you've got to live every single moment to the fullest. Uh, and... Uh, as Ambassador Andrew Young always says, when he wakes up, he says, guess God ain't done with me yet. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I used to see David Arnold all the time at the Laugh Factory at Chaka Sundays. I saw him out with his family once um, at lunch, and he was just such a great spirit. He wasn't one of those 
uh, comedians that ever the world was bitch this, motherfucker this, you know, that. not that I have a problem with that, but I, I, he was a, just a really good stand-up guy who was really, really funny. So I just want to, you know, speak on him for a second because I, I you know, I, I've seen him so much over the years and this is really a true tragic loss. Erica. Well, just, um, I would encourage everyone to listen to that uh, NPR interview. It's 11 minutes if you listen um, then, or if you want to read at your leisure. But something that um, Mr. Shaw said throughout in an abundance of condolences to the Arnold family um, and to the Shaw family um, and to those people who were, um, we've just you broke the news about what happened in Uvalde. Um, what Mr. Shaw said um, in that NPR interview, and he kept saying, you know, and talking about um, success, and he said that it will cost you. It will cost you physically. It will cost you mentally. And I hope and pray that folks survive. So I think that hearing those words from somebody who was so um, able to reflect in such a meaningful way about what it means to trade in family for success or to really try to balance that that it definitely will cost you. So um, again, condolences to um, some wonderful people um, that we've lost here recently. Uh, indeed, gotta go to a break, folks. We come back, we will talk with a South Carolina state legislature who let it, her colleagues know, y'all keep acting a fool. Keep acting a fool. You gonna deal with this. Uh, wait till we uh, show you what she had to say and talk to her. You're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered right here on the Blackstone Network. When we invest in ourselves, we all shine. Together, we are black beyond measure. I remember being with The View when they said, we want to extend your contract. And I knew God said, it's time to move. It's time to go. And everybody was saying, Cher, you got a great job. You're making all of this money. And I said, no, it's time. And they said, you ain't going to be able to. You've been away from Hollywood. And, it, and I said, it's time to go. And when I did it, right. that's when I realized I was about to go through this divorce. And I was gonna need, it was going to be expensive. It was going to be a lot. And I said, I'm going to stay. I said, I'm going to stay for a couple of years. So you make see, this money. See, go ahead. I'm going to make this money. And then I'll get out lower. So I'm going to do a compromise. I'm going to do what you say, but I'm going I'm to do it on my thing. And he went, really? He went, really. And you know what? Really, they said that we were heavy in in contract negotiations, and they came. My manager called. She said, "They're not gonna uh, renew your contract." And I went, "Hey, wait, what? So, what? He, just yesterday, they was offering me more money." She said, "They just decided not to renew your contract." And I remember sitting in front of the mirror at the view, and I went, "What happened?" And it was very clear. God said, "I told you, it was time to go." in ourselves. We're investing in what's next for all of us. Growing. Creating. Making moves that move us all forward. Together, we are Black Beyond Measure. Peace and love, everybody. I'm Purple Wonder Love. Hey, I'm Donnie Simpson. What's up? I'm Lance Gross, and you're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered.
Montgomery County, Maryland parent agrees to a $275,000 settlement with the county over her young child's detainment by police after he walked away from school two years ago. Shanta Grant's child left East Silver Spring Elementary School on January 14, 2020. Police officers Dion Holiday and Kevin Crispin found the boy, who was five at the time, about two-tenths of a mile away from the school. Grant's lawsuit accused police of being verbally abusive and threatening toward the child. The officers put handcuffs on the boy, trying to scare him straight once he was taken back to school. Montgomery County's self-insurance fund and the Board of Education paid out the settlement. The Brooklyn District Attorney is asking a judge to throw out 378 criminal convictions directly based on the work of 13 former NYPD officers who are now convicts themselves. DA Eric Gonzalez said he's requesting the dismissal of the mostly misdemeanor cases because new evidence suggests the police officers were unreliable witnesses. These former police officers were found to have committed serious misconduct that directly um, reflects uh, to their official job duties, calling into question the integrity of every arrest they have made. A thorough review of my conviction review unit identified those cases in which their testimony was essential to providing guilt, and I will now move to dismiss those convictions as I no longer have confidence the integrity of the evidence that underpinned them. The 13 officers uh, related to the case were convicted of murder, uh, of, of, of planning drugs, taking sex bribes, lying under oath. According to data collected by the National Registry of Exonerations, this is the sixth mass dismissal of convictions in U.S. history. Steve Bannon walked the perp walk today. Yep. He got arrested in New York for that uh, racist wall they were building, uh, stealing from all those folks. Yeah, slapped them cuffs on that punk ass. He talked a whole bunch of trash, and now he's facing anywhere to 5 to 15 years in prison. Remember, he got pardoned for this by Donald Trump. That was federal. Ah, uh, you can't get another pardon, because now the state's after your punk ass, Steve Bannon. Ah, uh, what a sight to see. All right, folks, let's talk about South Carolina, where a black lawmaker gave a speech on the floor where she laid it out to her colleagues. They've done some crazy stuff in South Carolina. All these white men sitting here, uh, sitting there passing their abortion bills. Uh, one of the Republicans then crying about how the impact, hell, he hadn't even read the damn thing. Well, State, Rep State Representative Gilda Cobb-Hunter stood before her colleagues earlier this month telling voters to take their personal feelings out of the balance. Watch this. Voters out there, I like all of these people in here, don't have a thing against them. Listen, this is not personal. This is business. And too many of you have made your choice at the polls personal. You have voted for people because you go to church with them. You like them and they're nice people. You golf with them, you play bridge, you do all of those kinds of social interactions. What I want you to start asking voters is the question that was asked by one who probably would be considered a rhino now with this current crowd, and that's the former President Ronald Reagan. The question that he asked, are you better off now than you were before? And so I say to the women in this state especially, and to the men who support women having the intelligence to make responsible choices about what they do with their body, I say to them, the question you need to start asking your church members who are in here, your friends who are in here, 
is how they have voted and if they are running, how they will vote on issues that affect your well-being. And at some point in this country, when we have voters who stop falling for the red meat that is way before them, the distractions that keep you off of what is really going on, then you will make better choices at the polling booth. And for those of you who are harboring what you're going to do to me in the event that I do get elected and come back, bring your A-game. Because guess what? There have been many who have come before you and have sat right in some of these same seats, right, Mr. Ballantyne? And had all kinds of plans about what they were going to do to Cobb Hunter. I won't tell you where some of those people are now, but it don't matter to me. Like I said, this is not my life. I had a life before I came here. I'm going to have one when I leave. Bring your A game. Representative Gilda Cobb Hunter joins us right now on Roland Martin Unfiltered. Lord, you done let them folk know. Don't, don't play with me. <laughs> Hey, Roland, how are you? I'm doing great. What, what precipitated that floor speech? Well, we were talking about abortion again for the long... And I um, was just at a point where I'd had enough of hearing... Uh, it, it was just at a point where enough already, let's just get it on. Uh, you know what you're going to do. Uh, and it was, it was something that I felt compelled to say. Uh, I sat here and watched that, uh, listened to it really for the first time. Um, but it was just a matter of saying, look, I am not one of these Democrats who believe in turning the other cheek. I am not passive. I have absolutely no problem with standing my ground, um, to, buy, to borrow a bad pun. But I just think Democrats need to understand that politics is a contact sport. And we don't need to be worried. Well, I'll just stop at that. I was just letting them know, hey, come, you can come, but don't think I'm just going to stand and, and not try to respond in a way that I think is appropriate. Uh, and I think what people want, people want fighters. Uh, and even if the numbers are stacked against you, folks want to know that there are going to be men and women, brothers and sisters, who are not going to lie down, lie down and just take any crap from these folks. Yeah, I would agree with that. A lot of people uh, have said to me over the years that I've had the pleasure of serving in the South Carolina House uh, is that they don't always agree with me and my positions. But one thing they always appreciate is that I will stand, even if I'm standing alone. That's how that's something that I was taught and uh, is something that has always uh, been it has always worked for me. I just believe in being direct, tell you what it is and you have an opportunity to agree or disagree. We aren't going to fall out about it. We'll agree to disagree agreeably. But I don't think uh, Democrats fully appreciate how much people uh, in this country appreciate elected officials who will stand uh, for what what they believe is the right thing. And and you have had y'all have had to deal with some straight craziness in the South Carolina legislature. Yeah, I would say that's a nice way to put it, Roland. <laughs>
<laughs> well, it was interesting. I was at this event, uh, and um, and uh, Nikki Haley was, um, you know, talking about uh, the work that she did bringing that Confederate flag down. I'm sitting in the room. I'm mad as hell, pissed off. And I had someone else, someone black, say, well, no, we got to give her credit. I said, no, 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 no. I said, it took nine black folk being gunned down for that to happen. And I said, yep. I don't care how even after that, it was still difficult. She talked about how it was still hard and how we came together. No, I, 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 I ain't handing out, uh, you know, free credit cards to folk. It took nine black people, including a member of that body, being gunned yep. down for that flag to come down. They ain't, ain't nobody getting credit. You're absolutely right, Roland. And those nine, uh, the whole whole bit about it is even with nine murders, there still was uh, much work to do to get the flag off of that dome. Uh, you know, the real story of the Confederate flag and how it came down has really not been told. There are a lot of people who have claimed credit for bringing it down. There are a lot of people who've gotten contracts and become big names and all of that kind of thing based on those uh, nine people being murdered in Charleston. But the reality is that even with that, it took a lot of work, uh, and I don't know if you or some of your audience may recall and may have been focused on the debate that lasted we into the wee hours of the morning uh, when we decided to take that flag down. It was a struggle. Yep. Uh, but those people who know uh, former Governor Haley, they know that she has absolutely no trouble claiming credit uh, for things. Uh, absolutely, no doubt. Uh, questions uh, for my panel. Uh, I will start with someone who, uh, from a state closest to you, uh, that's Georgia. Uh, Erica, go right ahead. <laughs> Representative, it's so good to be on with you today. Thank you for all the tireless work that you've done in the state of South Carolina. Um, and so my question for you is um, specifically, what are you hearing from your constituents in terms of your leadership, um, what um, they expect from you, and what they see coming down the pipeline as we enter into midterms into a general election, especially with the fire and boldness that you present. Well, uh, my constituents, thank you, and it's great being with you as well. What my constituents are expecting is that I will continue to fight for them, to stand for what's right, to be a voice of reason, and to be a voice that is not afraid. Coming down the pike, there is much work to do in this state as across the country, and getting people to understand what is at stake in November, mm -hmm. quite frankly, that ball and so uh, Supreme Court did all of us a favor, I believe, when they overturned Roe v. Wade. And by the way, I think it speaks volumes that you've got men and women sitting on the highest court in the land who actually lied to get on to get their seat. And so what I have spent all my time trying to do and will continue to do is engage people in the importance of getting registered and getting uh, uh, getting out. You know, we talk a lot about voter registration. We don't talk enough about voter education. And voter education includes registration, but you can't just register people and then expect that they will go out and vote. We've got to tell and talk to our communities about why it's important that they go out and vote. And so many times we as elected officials don't do that. 
we come around six weeks if we're lucky. Uh, in a lot of places, it's two weeks. We we come along, uh, come around, and to be, you know, this stuff. And I don't mean to be whatever. Choose your word. But this business that we used to engage in by saying to people, oh, you know, people died trying to get the, giving you the right to vote and all of that. That does not work anymore in a lot of communities uh, like it used to. And those of us who are blessed and highly favored enough to be elected officials, we've got to start doing a better job communicating and showing people why they put us in these positions. And quite frankly, I'm sorry, with all due respect to everybody out there who serves, who looks like me, if you ain't doing nothing, you need to move on out of the way. We got too many people in positions of power who are just glad for the title and the tags. They're just glad to be there. And a lot of the problems in our communities is because, I believe, we've got elected officials who are more concerned with that title and that tag and maintaining that as opposed to changing things in their communities. Racy. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Representative, for your leadership. I I'm curious, do you see the needle moving at all with um, the the attempt at a, a, a total abortion ban in your state. I know you talked about the need to reach out to voters and move beyond just the, you know, the rhetoric around the importance of voting. But in this moment, you know, are you seeing that people are just more motivated? There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The Seven from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The Seven every weekday. So follow The Seven right now. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. 
Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. To kind of fight against what they're seeing in the state, or do you think it still hasn't really clicked with people yet? What's really at stake? I think the answer is both of those. Uh, yes, there are some people who are motivated and are out here working. Uh, and the, But on the other hand, there are some who are not. Uh, what I can't afford to do is to stop, is to just give up and say, oh, well, why bother? Nothing is going to change. I feel compelled, as long as I have a voice, to talk to people about why they need to get engaged and get involved. We have made it clear here in South Carolina, and I tell you, I've been in the legislature for a minute now, you know, like 31 years, and I thought everything that could be done to on the subject of abortion had been done. Needless to say, I keep getting surprised every session by my colleagues. And that was a part of the point I was making uh, in that speech uh, last week. Bottom line is, there will always be somebody in those chambers who want to restrict a woman's right to choose. We sent a bill over last week from the House to the Senate that had a couple of exceptions. They weren't very great. Even though one was raped, you had to help report it to the police and call the sheriff and all that crap before the exception was there. What they've done in the Senate with that House bill, as I understand, is make it even worse. So the point I want people to understand is don't you dare believe for a minute that things can't get worse. Don't you dare believe for a minute that in most of these general assemblies, especially in the South, that they are going to stop with limiting a woman's right to choose. Please understand, and they said this on the floor of the South Carolina House, they ain't finished yet. Just like Clarence, uh, Clarence Thomas conveniently omitted Loving v. Virginia when he talked about what needed to be revisited, that was not one of them. But the fact that he is interested and his the majority of the court, in spite of what Chief Justice Roberts is saying, seems to be interested in revisiting this idea of same-sex marriage, of all the gains that have been made over the last few decades. They they aren't satisfied with just overturning Roe. It appears to me that they want to overturn every right that was ever granted. The South Carolina General Assembly is no exception. I think they are the example of the rule. And we just got to understand what's at stake. A lot of people say, well, it's abortion. I don't want to worry about that. But, you know, I will just remind people of that phrase. You know, first they came for the Christians. I wasn't a Christian because, and I I didn't speak up because I wasn't. Then they came for the Jews, the Catholics, blah, blah, blah. At the very end, they came for me, and there was nobody left to speak up. So we got to use our voice. Greg Carr. Thank you, Roland. Thank you so much. And Representative Gilda Cobb-Hunter, I want to tell you how much of a pleasure it is for me to hear this conversation, to be able to speak with you just for a couple of minutes, because I watched Riveted all night. 
that night in 2015. I make my students at Howard watch that debate that y'all had. I read when you said you had that little U.S. flag on your desk, so you never had to look up at that damn Confederate battle flag yes. and pledge allegiance in that legislature, sister. So I want to thank you on behalf of everyone. We, I still watch you all. And I couldn't turn away that night on C-SPAN watching y'all have that battle. And so my question is really about South Carolina. You know, you're there from Orangeburg, a lot of friends on faculty at Claflin and South Carolina State. And I'm glad South Carolina State uh, beat Jackson State in Atlanta. And I'm sorry what happened to your Rattlers as a Tennessee State Tiger. I'm sorry what Jackson State did to the Rattlers, but <laughs> you, struck, you struck and struck again. Uh, in that legislature to, to borrow from Florida A&M, you know, Fred Humphreys was my president of Tennessee State, too. I want to ask you very specifically about the power, what South Carolina means to this U.S. experiment. I'm thinking about a, a speech Dr. Du Bois gave, W. Du Bois, at, 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 um, in, in Columbia, actually, at Benedict, at Benedict. It's called Behold the Land in 1926. He said, the future of the United States lies in the South. And when I think of the future of the United States South, I think about South Carolina, the great victories y'all won in in, in in Reconstruction. Lerone Bennett's book, Black Power USA, talks about that. What are the possibilities in South Carolina if we can just get together and get organized? Could you talk a little bit about that? And again, thank you. Much respect. Sure. And I got to say now, I still bleed orange and green. I love my Rattlers. I don't know who that team was that showed up in Miami. It was not the team that showed up in Chapel Hill the week before. But one thing, doctor, you know about Rattlers, we don't care win, lose, or draw. We are going to talk and we're going to support our Rattlers. So I need to say that up front. <laughs> I'm still diehard bleed orange and green. In terms of South Carolina, and I'm not a native, I'm a native Floridian, but have lived here for a very long time. One of the things that I can appreciate about this state and know that you know that, because I know who you are and I'm familiar with your work, is that South Carolina, quite frankly, a lot of people know this state because the whole sl uh, slave trade and the first, all of that, the secession, the war, all that kind of good stuff. But what a lot of people don't know is that South Carolina at one point was a majority black state. The legislature that I now serve in was filled with people of color, black people after Reconstruction. And the public school system that we have here in South Carolina was developed, introduced, initiated by that black Reconstruction uh, General Assembly. And so there are gains that we still have today as a result of black legislators who served. The potential here is great. Our numbers, the population, we used to be about 30 percent of the population, unfortunately, uh, thanks to an undercount in the census and a bunch of other things. The population officially, uh, black population, has dropped below 30 percent. That notwithstanding, we still have people in positions in this state who are doing good things. I don't think our electoral um, advantage or our electoral potential is what it needs to be, but that same thing can be said in other states because of gerrymandering, redistricting, and all of that. We've got opportunities here in South Carolina to make a change, but we have to understand all politics is local. And the problem that I think we have not dealt with sufficiently so that we can maximize our political 
power and influence is recognize that the bench building that the Republicans have done for years now is something we need to get back to. We need to understand the importance in a red state like South Carolina of blue dots, of, of bastions where Democrats are in control and in power. And that has happened at the local level in some of our urban areas, or at least what goes for urban here in South Carolina, in some of our smaller rural communities. You've got black people, you've got Democrats who are in control and in charge. The one thing that would be great is if we could figure out how to get black folk who are in positions of power to know what that means. And, and my point is this, we've got so many people who don't know the difference between position and power. You can have power and no position, you can have position and no power. And what I believe we need to spend more time talking about is how do you use power to help the people you care about. Too many of us are in positions of power and we just don't recognize it and we're either scared to use it, don't know how to use it, or for whatever reason, it doesn't get used. And so you still have places where, even though you've had black folk in positions, South Carolina is one, as are many other states, the conditions have not changed. Mm. And so that suggests to me, okay, y'all got these jobs, y'all in these positions, but what do you got to show for it? And if you've been in a position for X number of years and there is no significant or appreciable, shall we say, difference in the people you represent, then there's something wrong with that picture. All right, then. Representative Gilda Cobb-Turner, always glad to have you. Good to see you. Keep giving them hell, and I can guarantee you we'll do it right here. <laughs> Thank you, Roland. You stay safe. I appreciate it. Thank you so very much. All Same right. for you. Uh, folks, it's so much news happening. Uh, we're going to end the show with this breaking news out of Michigan. Uh, the Michigan State Supreme Court has ordered the abortion and voting rights bills to be put on the ballot in on November 8th. Remember, the Republicans uh, had deadlocked trying to keep this out. The Michigan Supreme Court ruled that to enshrine abortion rights in the state constitution will go on the ballot in November. And the voting rights proposals, one of them includes mandating at least nine days of early voting in Michigan. Those initiatives will go on the ballot uh, this November. Republicans were doing all they could uh, to stop this. Uh, and uh, this what it, it failed uh, because the Supreme Court uh, has now ruled. This right here is what we have consistently said. Again, Reese, Erica, and Greg, why you got to vote on the local level, city level, county level, state level, federal level, because by having a Supreme Court with this ruling, now Republicans who are trying to, trying to screw folks over by, by deadlocking those, those election boards and canvassers board, now they got to buy by the state constitution. That's right. If it Blue passes. Well, no, no, no. Well, well, here's the deal. Remember, remember, they were, if it passed, first of all, but the fact that people get to actually vote on it, Republicans right. were trying to stop that. You got to remember, yeah. Republican in Michigan, they, they passed a nonpartisan redistricting uh, commission to draw districts. The, the uh, Michigan legislature came back and said, we're going to ignore them. So, 
what, what the folks were fighting for is let the people decide. I thought that's what Republicans actually believe in. No, they believe in white supremacy. And they don't have it, as Erica said. They got white nationalism. But just to reiterate what we just heard Gilda Cobb Hunter talk about, the, the blue dots in this red field. There aren't red states and blue states. T -t Take out DNR. There are human beings and they're white nationalists. And they live all over. Yep. If they come out in Detroit, if they come out in Flint, if they come out in all of the cities, then this will pass. And you saw the Supreme Court of Michigan uh, the other day uh, block the trigger law that they put in place years ago, anticipating turning off Roe. Roland, you framed this, and you know you write about it now. You know, the federal society, they're playing a long game. But what we heard Kyle Hunter talk about is really the game we have to play. She talked about building the bench developing that leadership that will then run for elective office in addition to community organizing. You know, all that works together. Michigan is not Louisiana or Texas or Mississippi. While those states have incredible potential to, to get people organized and to move forward, Michigan will not wait for them. The United States of America is not a nation. It is many different places, and there's a real fight going on. This is heartening because the rule of law, as I said before, we're going to have a rule of law. Michigan is demonstrating what it can look like if people will get out and push. Neighboring Wisconsin, those white nationalists have hijacked their Supreme Court and the federal and state legislature. It's going to be more difficult with them, particularly with federal fire. But again, just going back to what uh, Representative Kyle Hunter said, don't give up because you're in a state that when you turn on commercial news entertainment media, they've painted it red. Because if your street, your neighborhood, your community doesn't look like that, you can stitch together with other people and do something about it. And this this is just a, a great example of how what not giving up can can bring you to the edge of. Now, as Reese said, they got to vote, they got to pass it. I mean, you got to get this ball over the finish line. Don't just focus on federal politics. You got to focus on the state, Reese. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, focus on local election. But we say it all the time, school boards. Focus on even sheriffs. Some some of them are elected. Focus on your mayor. Focus on your city council. Focus on your state representative. Focus on your state senators. There are states where you have a Democratic governor, but you have a Republican legislature like Pennsylvania. And so leave no stone unturned. The other side isn't doing that. We got to do the same thing. Erica? Uh, Ralph Ellison said it uh, best that there are few people in the world as dangerous as sleepwalkers. I think that throughout the conversations we've had and the guests that we've had on, that the dangers of sleepwalking are quite evident. And so I hope people do not entertain and party themselves into an apartheid that they um, don't uh, weren't. Well, they will say that they weren't prepared for because it's been messaged. Folks, get registered, get ready, vote early if you can, and make sure you engage and bring people with you. All right, folks, that is it for us. Man, we had a whole lot to cover, uh, but we uh, we went over time today. But uh, look, uh, we had stuff to, stuff to definitely uh, focus on. Let me thank uh, Reese. Let me thank uh, Eric. Let me thank Greg for being on our panel today. All of you are watching as well. Uh, the numbers kept building, building, building. Almost hit 4,000 simultaneously uh, on YouTube, getting our numbers back. Y'all might remember in 2020, uh, we were hitting almost 10,000 folks watching live on the YouTube channel. Spread the word, pass the word, folks. Ain't nobody else doing what we're doing. Uh, and I keep telling y'all this. Uh, it was four years ago on Sunday uh, when we launched Roland Martin Unfiltered, uh, September 4th, 2018. It was a whole bunch of folks who were saying it wasn't going to work. Uh, I was out of my mind. Uh, it was a whole bunch of folk uh, who uh, said that, uh, oh, my God, it would fail. Well, guess what? We're four years in, and we've grown this YouTube channel from, uh, from 157,000 subscribers to right 
now we have uh, 881,330. Uh, we want to hit 100. We would love to have that many downloads of the Black Star Network app. Folks, what we are trying to build here is something that is Black-owned, that is independent, that we don't have to bow down to anybody covering our stories. Uh, you know, and when we have voices uh, able to come on and share their perspectives, uh, you know, I remember when people told me, man, you put Reese on? She cussed too much. I was like, y'all <laughs> tripping. Uh, but again, it's perspective. Uh, and, uh, and so that's what, it's, that's what it's all about. Uh, and so uh, having Erica, having Greg on, I keep telling y'all, y'all got to remember, me and Greg started with a fight uh, at 12 Years a Slave. Uh, where the Howard people were like, oh, 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 Greg Carr, take you out. I said, I ain't scared of no damn Greg Carr. Bring your ass on the show. Take you out. Yes, sir. I said, bring your ass on the show. Well, he's been on the show for the last four years. <laughs> that, y'all, that actually happened. Y'all think I'm lying. That, that actually happened. Uh, and so... Uh, again, uh, we created this platform to give other folks uh, voices. Uh, that's why when y'all watch, look, Tiffany Cross had me on her show on Saturday. Uh, again, her first opportunity to speak on air was when I had my TV One show. That's the whole point. You create opportunities for other people. Uh, so that's why y'all get to see uh, Reese, she be on Clay Kane's show, Sears XM yeah. cutting her check. Uh, and yeah. so uh, again, it's creating of the opportunity. And so we need your support <laughs> Uh, in, in doing this as we're building this. Black Star Network was one year old on Saturday, excuse me, on Sunday, and I told y'all, I'm literally negotiating right now. Uh, we, we hope to have our 24-hour fast channel up by the middle of October in time for midterm elections. Uh, we're gonna have that night a minimum of six hours of live coverage of the midterm elections, similar to what we did, the presidential election in 2022, the same, excuse me, 2020, the same as the midterm election in 2018. Uh, and so I'm gonna say this again, uh, what we're doing right now, Byron Allen not doing. Essence is not doing. Black Enterprise is not doing. Ebony is not doing. Blavity is not doing. The Black Press of America is not doing. Nobody is doing what we are doing. Folks said it could not be done, so your support absolutely matters. So please download our app. Uh, again, it's right now. It's more than 3,000 of y'all watching on YouTube. 3,000 of y'all should be downloading the Black Star Network app. Uh, and so Apple phone, Android phone, Apple TV, Android TV, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Xbox One, Samsung Smart TV. And again, your dollars matter. Uh, we need $100,000 a month between now and the end of the year uh, to meet our goals, folks. And so uh, we don't charge subscribers. Uh, it's free. Let me say it again. It's free. This show is free. Roger Muhammad's show is free. Greg's show, Deborah's show, Jackie's show, uh, Stephanie's show, Rolling with Rolling. All those shows are free. But trust me, paying staff ain't free. Paying airline tickets ain't free. Paying hotels and per diem ain't free. When equipment breaks, trust me, that ain't free. It all has to get paid. Uh, and so we need your support. Yeah, we giving them hell, trying to target these advertisers. I've been giving these uh, progressive groups hell when it comes to political ad spending. Uh, but the bottom line is uh, we can't count on we got zero last we got zero last week and we're gonna get zero this week is a good bet good bet we're gonna get zero next week but we still have to be able to cover the issues that matter and so again if our fan base uh 20,000 of our fans yeah this is real simple 20,000 of our fans give us 50 bucks each for the year 
that's four dollars and nineteen cents a month. You can't even get a happy meal at McDonald's for four dollars nineteen cents a month. Uh, four dollars nineteen cents a month, thirteen cents a day. That's all it costs. Then we're able to do uh, what we uh, are doing. So you can send a check or a money order to PO Box five seven one nine six, Washington D.C. two zero zero three seven one nine six. Cash App is Dallas Sign RM Unfiltered. PayPal is R Martin Unfiltered. Venmo is RM Unfiltered. Zelle is Roland at RolandSmartin.com. Roland at RolandMartinUnfiltered.com. Uh, I'm, I got, I got a, a show in development right now. A daily show hosted by our sister. We got a cooking show in development. We got a fitness show in development. Y'all, that ain't gonna happen. That ain't gonna happen unless you give us your support. Thanks a bunch. I'll see you guys tomorrow. Ho! And what happens in black culture, we're about covering these things that matter to us, uh, speaking to our issues and concerns. This is a genuine people-powered movement. There's a lot of stuff that we're not getting. You get it, and you spread the word. We wish to plead our own cause too long have others spoken for us. We cannot tell our own story if we can't pay for it. This is about uh, covering us. Invest in Black-owned media. Your dollars matter. We don't have to keep asking them to cover our stuff. So please support us in what we do, folks. We want to hit 2,000 people, $50 this month, raise $100,000. We're behind 100000 so we want to hit that. Y'all money makes this possible. Check some money orders. Go to P.O. Box 57196, Washington, D.C., 20037- 0196. The cash app is dollar sign RM Unfiltered. PayPal is R Martin Unfiltered. Venmo is RM Unfiltered. Zelle is rolling at rollingsmartin.com. When we invest in ourselves, our glow, our vision, our vibe, we all shine. Together, we are black beyond measure. When we invest in ourselves, we all shine. Together, we are black beyond measure. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. 
Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.